Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our holy triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You know, there are probably hundreds, if not thousands, of different opinions on what it means to be baptized. Some view baptism as merely a church ordinance, something that is surely commanded by Christ, but a command that has no actual or apparent spiritual benefit. To them, in other words, Jesus said to do it, but baptism doesn't really do anything for you or to you. Others see baptism in societal or cultural terms, a religious ceremony, much like a wedding or a funeral helping people through certain major events in their lives. Others, when they think of baptism, think of the trappings of it. A pretty lace gown, the, the smiling parents, and the gurgling, cooing, and yes, sometimes even screaming baby. And there's nothing wrong with gowns and smiles and even with screaming babies. Not at all. You'd scream, too, if your favorite hidden demons are being confronted by God's penetrating glare and face the power of His Word. On the one hand, that Word indicting and condemning. On the other hand, uplifting and renewing. But what does it really mean to be baptized? To answer that question, let us consider a few important points. First, to be baptized means to become and remain an active member of a Christian community. Now, our secular culture hammers away at us every single day of our lives that we ought to have a sort of radical individuality. Our society is certainly bursting at its seams, if not its very fabric being torn by all sorts of folks who are touting their rights and their opinions and their desires. And technology, which really ought to be viewed as God's gift to us to be able to spend more time with one another, now seems to further separate us more than ever. Each one of us, it seems, is a little island. Each one of us exists for ourselves and unto ourselves. But to be baptized in the triune name of God means that we've been baptized into a community, a community of believers a family, if you will. When the water is poured over the head of an infant or an adult, and as our triune God's name is invoked, at that very instant, that boy or girl, that man or that woman, ceases being separated from God, and also ceases to be separated from the rest of us who believe in Jesus Christ and are baptized too. To the crowd in Jerusalem, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children 
and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. The community that is created at the baptismal font exists as a family of brothers and sisters, just as a human family consists of father, mother, sons, and daughters. There must be love and respect in this community, just as there must be love and respect in a family. There must be contact. There must be sharing. There must be cooperation. There must be communication. There must be sitting down at the table and eating and drinking together. We are not intended to exist as Christians independent of other Christians, nor can we exist as spiritually healthy Christians for very long independent of the Christian congregation. Do you remember or do you know what characterized the early church? They're coming together for worship, to listen and to learn, to celebrate Holy Communion, and to mutually support one another. That's why Luke tells us in Acts chapter 2, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Baptism means being part of an active Christian community. Second, to be baptized means to live a Christian lifestyle. Now each week the Gallup organization sends out a weekly electronic newsletter. You may know that the Gallup folks are those who poll the nation, getting a finger on the pulse of our opinions. As part of their Tuesday morning briefing, as it's called, they published the results of a recent poll conducted concerning the topic of morality in America. Interestingly, 67% of Americans, that's two-thirds, right? think that, quote, the state of moral values in the country as a whole, unquote, is getting worse. Would you agree? Do you think that morality is suffering in the U.S.? Well, that same poll also showed that 45% of those surveys believe that doctor-assisted suicide is morally okay. 44% said that homosexual behavior is morally acceptable and 66% thought that there was nothing wrong with divorce. No wonder those polled thought that morality was suffering and getting worse in America. All they had to do was look at their own answers. However, I'm afraid that if the American church-going public were also polled, sadly, they'd probably give very similar answers. While deploring the general decline of morality in America, even Christians would seek to find justification for their own immoral thoughts, words, and deeds. It's how we rationalize and self-justify our lives, ignoring or hiding from one another what we can never hide from our Heavenly Father. Also interestingly enough, though, St. Paul talks about immorality and about Christians and baptism in his letter to the Colossians, from chapter 2. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, 
having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. You see what baptism does then, according to what the Holy Spirit revealed to St. Paul? What Christ accomplished for us by dying on the cross for our sins, and through the power of his resurrection from the dead, God gives us in, with, and under the water of baptism. The sinful, corrupt nature, that which we were conceived and born with, our sinful nature that causes us to otherwise deserve to spend an eternity in hell, it is drowned in that baptismal water. What emerges then from the font is a newborn child of God, perfect, righteous, holy, beloved, filled with the Holy Spirit, gifted with faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior, and empowered to do good works by serving others. That is why it cannot be that we, after baptism, can go back to dwell in the way of sin, in the way of death, in the way of the world, in the way that ultimately leads, as the scriptures tell us, to hell. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. But you may be thinking to yourself, well, I have certainly sinned a lot. Is there any hope for me? I've done many bad things since I've been baptized. I can't even count the times I've really messed up. Messed up my life, my family's life, my kids' lives. I've missed church. I've gotten drunk. I've used drugs. I don't read my Bible like I should. I haven't worked or studied as diligently as I could have. I've had sex with someone who is not my spouse. I've lied to my employer. I've stolen from my classmates or my neighbor. I've coveted someone else's situation. My gods have become recreation and pleasure in serving myself. I know that these things are wrong. What shall I do? The answer is always the same. Repent of your sins. Resolve to change with the help of the Lord. And rejoice once again in the promises given you at your baptism. Just because you have broken your promise to God, the one you made at your confirmation, doesn't mean that he has broken the promise that he made to you at your baptism. Listen to what Paul says to the church at Corinth. After speaking quite bluntly earlier about the congregation's former life of idolatry, sexual immorality, thievery, fraud, and drunkenness. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That promise of new life, forgiveness, 
the Spirit's presence and God's love is something that we can return to again and again and again. He is with us. He is for us. He forgives us through Jesus Christ. Baptism means being grateful for all those things and with God's help, living a Christian lifestyle. Finally, baptism means having a Christian outlook, both for today and for eternity. We've got the best news in the world, that Jesus Christ, true God and true man, lived perfectly for us and satisfied God's demands for perfection. Jesus, on the cross, took our place. He absorbed God's righteous punishment for our sin. And we get off completely free. So instead of living our lives in depression or anger, with repression or with guilt, we can enjoy our lives in the freedom that Christ has given us through his cross and his empty tomb. Being baptized also means having a different attitude, a Christian attitude. That outlook permeates every part of who we are and every aspect of our lives in a positive way. Listen to this glorious baptismal statement made by St. Paul in his letter to the Romans. We use it often at funerals. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise. Resurrected bodies freed from pain, freed from sin, freed from death. And that promise is already yours through your baptism into Christ Jesus. By this sacrament, you're made part of this Christian community, our own parish family here at St. Paul, and also the one true Christian church of all times and all places. By water and by the word, he gives you his spirit and he gives you his power to live a Christian life. And he gives you not a gloomy, but a glorious Christian outlook. Forgiven, fresh, renewed like a little baby. But not just in the fleshly sense. Through baptism, you are God's new child, God's special child. A child of the Heavenly Father, washed clean in his sacred font. That's what it means to be baptized. Thanks be to our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.